0: There! He scored! He scored for Arsenal in the
1: ballabald! Looks like Shavin! Giroux raising it in the middle! Ahead again! And Ramsey arriving! And Arsenal are back in front! Scores in the FA Cup final again! Just as he did in 2014! Hello and welcome to our first ever Arsenal Editor podcast. I'm Toby, who you may have known and from our Instagram Q&As and, of course, the uh, utterly ridiculous what we learned meme weird thing that we do in our Instagram story that we can't seem to stop doing because it's really fun. Um, But luckily for you, it's not just me keeping you company. We've also got my man, the physio man, Gus Morrison, coming live from his pants drawer.
0: Hi, Toby. Thanks for having me on.
1: And yeah, I am
0: well and truly live from my pants drawer.
1: Nothing screams professional podcast than when you're actually doing it from your pants drawer. I'm actually in my bedroom, which is fine, but I've got a desk, dusk, you know, um, I'm okay. I'm not sitting here in my pants drawer, you know, crying about life. I'm, I'm okay.
0: Now, I'm well and truly a podcast virgin. So um, this is my laptop's in my pants drawer. So we've got a bit of video and then the um, the microphone is in my sock drawer directly underneath. Don't have a desk. Also, my bedroom, but it seems touch word to be
1: working all right. Nice. Well, Apple started in a garage. I think Microsoft started in a garage, and the Arsenal Editor podcast started in Gus's pants drawer. Nice. Well, it, are you going to be doing that every week? We're going to be releasing it every Tuesday, so I feel like this is something you should get used to. Maybe
0: I don't see any reason to change it right now. um
1: I, I quite enjoy the
0: pants drawer setup at the minute. Maybe if we get sponsored by a desk company they can provide me with a desk that but could until then i got to stick with the pants
1: yeah I haven't heard of any Staples or Ikea that is sponsoring a podcast maybe there's a gap in the market maybe that's something that we could be looking for and maybe you know trying to get for you in the future
0: yeah let's do it
1: <laughs> yeah well other than that talking about pants draws um, I'm looking forward to talking about the game um, we've obviously just won against Benfica and we've only just today beaten Leicester as well um, so it's been a really good week. We actually tried to um, record our first podcast last week, but after a, a couple of errors, like we broke the microphone when we just started to get down to it and then all the audio issues that we had when recording from the pants draw. Um, yeah, we well, we just lost to City. Um, we'd drawn to Benfica that week. It was all feeling pretty negative anyway. So actually coming out this side, starting our first podcast with a good two wins and pretty positive week is quite nice. So um, hopefully, that's the way it's going to continue. So every Tuesday, we'll be bringing you a brand new podcast summarising the weekend game, and then looking hopefully to the European game as well. Um, so the way it's going to run is we're going to be analysing the game for the first part with a few fun bits along the way, um, and then the second part will be taking your questions that you kindly submitted. Um, so I think we should just we should just crack on. So let's let's talk about the game. So we beat Leicester today. Um, we asked you guys to submit a three word summary of the game. Um, and me and Gus have chosen our favourites. So, Gus, I don't know if you have a favourite that you've got there to summarise the Leicester game today. I do. It's
0: just finding it. Uh, and it is straight away this one is by far my favourite from Alphonse Dot Westman, uh, whose three mm. word summary is Arteta's Willy Standing. Mm. I don't know exactly nice. what that means, but <laughs> I really, really like it.
1: How about you? I don't entirely think I want to know what that means, but I really, really, really like it. No, it's good. I've got, um, I've got a few. but I'll only read out one or two. I mean, D underscore underscore B. Something like that Um, says downfall for foxes, which which is which is not really necessarily focused on Arsenal, but that I do feel for them. They've kind of obviously taken a bit of a downward turn. But something that I do like that I think I'm going to stick with as my favourite is someone called Obama BBC69. You know (laughs) why not? I've got time for that apart from anything else. Obama BBC69 coming your way, my man. What a great Um, handle that is! What a you reckon it's actually? Um, He says. I think it is, yeah. yeah. Well, he's he's obviously started just working for the BBC, and apparently loves sixty nine. So <laughs> um, that might not make the edit. Uh, so he said uh, he said above Tottenham for five minutes, and for five minutes is all one word, which I quite like. Um, and he was right because it really was just for five minutes. Because I'm pretty sure it did, did Tottenham Tottenham spanked. Burnley,
0: isn't they? i i had a look about an hour in and they're four nil up and i just no desire to watch any of that so i immediately switched off and haven't looked since no. but it would be one of the most Tottenham things ever for them to then lose five four um but i'm pretty sure that hasn't been the case and they'll have won that
1: yeah i saw gareth bale got a couple of goals as well and i was quite enjoying just laughing at him um for a bit but it turns out he's he's I don't want to say he's back on form because he picked up his form against Wiccan Wanderers, the mighty Wiccan Wanderers, may I bad the chair boys. Um, but I'm hoping that doesn't continue through. It is Burnley. It, so, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, Leicester, we beat him. We won we want, we want a game in the Prem, Gus. It's, it's uh, something that's
0: not actually that common this season. Uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I did text you towards the end saying i hope we don't fuck this uh been three one up with 20 minutes to go um but i think we actually did really well they didn't even look like scoring really um other than us obviously gifting them a goal which i'm sure we'll get on to um did you have any any kind of uh thoughts on the team selection was there anything that surprised you
1: yeah yeah I mean look if we go back to the beginning of the game the hindsight's a wonderful thing I mean the first thing that sticks out is is Willian I expected rotation fine I think we knew that we I think we tried to win the Benfica game in the first leg um, the the away leg as such um, even though there was no necessarily home leg that we had but I think we tried to win that we went all in and that meant that when we didn't win and we didn't tie it up in the first leg that we had to go all in this week and we had to play our best team, nearly our best team at least uh, during the week. So rotation was always going to happen. Um, Willian coming in was a shock for me. I thought Martinelli was going to get on. Uh, I just thought it was his time to at least show something given the lineup. Uh, it was good to see Pepe back. One thing that did surprise me um Given how Leicester play and how we know they played and how they played against us last time and beat us what one nil or was it two one or something with a Jamie Vardy going through it just classic counter attack to play the two centre backs that we did in Louise and Mari, who are both good in their own rights and on their day genuinely brilliant um, they're really really slow <laughs> you know and against Jamie Vardy I just I it didn't I didn't click and it, you know didn't click for me in, in my head and that was a worry. Yeah, what
0: did you think? I had a similar thought. I'm not actually sure where Gabriel was, because I don't think he was on the bench either. And he usually plays with um, David Luiz. Mm. I think because they're both Portuguese, obviously speak the same language. But then Marie did play in, was it Brazil he came from? Yeah, he did. I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah, he came yeah. from the
1: Brazilian league.
0: Yeah. He did, yeah. he he was, he wanna, was them... as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, he won the the Brazilian championship, which we all know is called the Copa Liberatos. Oh, mate! That is yeah, I knew that. I definitely knew that. <laughs> <laughs> we all knew it. Um, yeah. So, did you think that seemed well? Actually, do you know what? That actually starts another conversation. Do we? Do we have another fast, agile centre back that isn't Gabriel? We do, but he is currently on loan. <laughs> in france we can't talk of sally baba I think, well, i'll just get that'll be a whole new podcast <laughs> uh you know yeah he's doing pretty well uh
0: but other than that no holding's not particularly quick gabrielle i think is quite athletic but then the only other option there i think is cullum chambers mm. um who i wouldn't describe as athletic
1: no well he's got he's only got one knee as well hasn't he at the moment or at least he's coming back from having one knee so I don't yeah. know if I trust him in that I just don't think we could have thrown him in like that was was holding on the bench or was he still going through his concussion thing I'm gonna just have a look now um I can't remember I'm not
0: actually sure but while you're having a look I uh, in terms of midfield I like you wasn't particularly surprised Saka obviously did get a rest and that i agree with you must be because he he must have seen your instagram story and then had a word with mikhail mm. uh who then they between them both decided to agree with you and, and rest saka i am never yeah, inspired I, I... by the midfield duo of Nenny and uh and Jaka, but i thought they did okay and then yeah in front of that i thought i largely agreed with the selections and i agree with you that i, I would. Quite like to see Martinelli, but I think William did really uh, justify his selection with his performance, which is probably the first time I'd say that this season.
1: I I didn't think I'd ever say it, and and fair play to him, you know. I think it was only two weeks ago I mean he was getting various forms of, of football abuse, which was justified, and then look some racist abuse, which obviously was completely unjustified, which is a whole other podcast worth of conversation. And it's kind of like to to really come over that. I mean, fair play to the guy. You know, I mean, it takes serious character. He's obviously hugely experienced. He was okay against Benfica. Um, obviously, provided an assist, which which I can't I didn't think we can really call an assist, but it was an assist. And then actually today, he was he was. If it wasn't for Pepe, he was was probably one of the men men of the match. Um, on on the on the note about Saka, he did actually see my Instagram story. I I saw him. Come up, come up, come up, up and see. So, I honestly think uh, that's the only reason that he's probably gone to Mikel and said, "Look, Toby's uh, Toby's told me that I, you know, in in the meme of Alan Sugar telling me you're tired, um, <laughs> to have a break." So exactly, yeah.
0: it's 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 very smart. And if he's watching the Instagram stories, he's undoubtedly listening to this. So, bakayo just keep doing what you are doing, but just more. Just mm. even more goals and assists. Just uh, loads. I have no doubt it will be winning, um, winning a uh, Ballon d'Or within the next two
1: seasons. Mm. And without sounding desperate, Bakayu, if you are listening, can you be my friend? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. hope that works. Or mine. Well, or or both. both. I'd love it. Let's go
1: for a drink. <laughs> Let's do something. I I'm, I'm, I'm easy. I'm breezy. He <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely will listen to that. Um, okay, so so the Leicester goal. I mean, we've we've talked some pretty good things at the moment. Um, that was really bad. Where do you, where do you see that? Did you did you think it was all wrong? Do you think it was somebody's fault? Do you think it was just a calamity of errors?
0: Well, I'm I'm just looking back now, and uh, we've got obviously our, our WhatsApp group with two other Arsenal fans. There's four of us in there, and someone said. Uh, come on you gunners as, uh, as the game kicked off. And then literally five minutes later, the next comment is fuck me. Um, and I thought it was, it was quintessential Arsenal for me. Um, mm. It was, I don't, yeah, the, the whole thing was uh, really annoyed me. Uh, obviously, Jacker and William had a bit of a mix up, gave the ball away. I thought both of them were a little bit weak, but then after that, I don't understand how Tielemans could have um, could have just run that far without a challenge and get a shot off. I think Mari should have come across. I know Vardy was in the box, but David Luiz was covering him. And then yeah. I, I'm pretty sure El Elneny was making it back into the box as well. So for me, I think most of the blame has to go to um, Don Pablo, I'm
1: afraid. Don Pablo Mari. although he did have um, a good game I, he did he didn't and, and, and everyone did and, and i think look we've talked we've spoken about jacko and Nenny in midfield being a little bit uninspiring to say the least um which it was and i think look, granite jacka is really good when he's played in the right position and, and all that sort of stuff but one of the things he's not known for is his quick passing and, and things like that and when it was him and Willian on the left, it broke down. I think we sort of have to sometimes expect that. It wasn't good. Um, it's just everything after that for me, and I've watched it. And M- Pablo Mari, um, Don Pablo, he-, he didn't cover himself in glory. But at least his-, so his excuse for me, although not a good one, was that he was covering the ball being squared. Okay, fine. El Neni, I do you remember when Mustafi was marking the referee? El Elneny was marking no oh, one. I'll, uh, I'll literally never forget <laughs> <was marking> that. <laughs> so Elneny, if you look it back, he's jogging, firstly, but he's in a good position to stop the elements keep walking through, basically. And he just does He looks back as if he's marking someone's like, yeah, I've got this. What have you got, mate? Literally nothing. He's got nothing. And he has the time and the space to go over to T. Elements, who's not a fast guy, to stop him. And no one does. And so I, ping, I pin it on Elneny probably more because I find him quite like uninspiring and, and a bit useless as a person and, and a footballer um uh, yeah I, I I thought it was just it was him and Mari but I think El neni made Mari's decision look worse I think.
0: yeah with El I think because he is limited on the ball when he plays his off the ball work has to really compensate for that. And if he doesn't offer that, it's, it's suddenly like, well, what what are you bringing to the table then? Because you don't offer much when we have possession, mm-hmm. but in theory, you're more athletic and you know more defensively aware when we were not in possession. But if he's if he's making mistakes like that, I think it's one position that we we need a clear upgrade on in the in the summer. Just a, 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 another central midfielder to go alongside Jacker and and um and party
1: yeah a nice upgrade would be good it would be a nice free upgrade do you not wish sometimes like footballers were a bit like pokemon where they would upgrade to the nicknames you give them so like el Neni would become el Neni esther you know he would be that maestro yeah Yeah, where they evolve Mm, mm, mm. one day one day um well i yeah that that would would be good good. would be good i I thought kind of was what the only bad thing that really happened in the game in all fairness um highlighted by just the goal but really anything that came from I know they were missing a few players like Madison Barnes went down um, I think they had a couple of other injuries so uh, but I think considering we were rotating the squad and everything I thought pretty much as good as it gets and it started from um, our first goal
0: yeah I agree I (laughs) I looked at uh, Pepe and Williard standing over the ball yeah and I was thinking, if, if, if Pepe doesn't hit this, I'm going to lose my shit. Because I've seen William drill it into the first man so many times. Yeah. And I was like, for a left footer here, you just, just spank it towards the back post and just see what happens. <laughs> uh, fortunately, I'm not in charge of set pieces at Arsenal. Uh, and this was straight off the, the training ground. Um, good ball in a really good header from David Luiz. I'm one of his bigger critics, but credit where it's due. I thought that was a really mm-hmm. decent header to get, you know, when you're running one way and you manage to flick it back towards the far post the other way is really difficult to do. Um, and needed at that point. Because so I, I thought we'd been the better team, but we hadn't necessarily created that much. Um, but, uh, no, it was, a, it was, it's always enjoyable for them to score. But when, um, when Williams actually assisting and getting some end product, it's it's needed because Saka, although
1: he's tried, obviously cannot play every single game. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's true, and and he needed that rest. And I think Pepe, who came in, was absolutely unplayable at times. I mean, he that that left back could have been sent off in the first forty minutes. I think that yellow card could have come earlier, but he couldn't. He was hauled off at half time. Um, and to be fair, you know, he was a very young kid filling in for, for Justin. I think he's the normal left back. But uh, yeah, look, Pepe drew the foul. I seem to remember, Willian, great cross. I was the same as you. I was like, because actually Pepe had a really similar one about 10, 15 minutes earlier, perhaps. Maybe a bit less than that. I can't remember yeah. where he did drill it in and it was a good cross and it didn't come to anything. So maybe that's that where we're expecting. But I've seen a few things on Twitter about how the the, 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 the Wies actually started at the back. And then everybody else drifted in, and he just found that space. I don't know how he found that much space, but yeah, fair play to him. Bottom of the corner, bottom corner, Bosch. Uh, yeah, very happy. Um, the next goal, uh, was our penalty. What were your thoughts? Uh,
0: I immediately said penalty when uh Pepe hit that. Mm. Um, And obviously it has to wait until the ball goes out of play and it didn't go out of play immediately. And then when it did, I thought the ref wasn't going to check it and I was getting ready to kick off because I think VAR recently has just been so bad. Um, But obviously as soon as it went to VAR and they were showing the replays, I said, surely you can't find a way not to give that... Um, so yeah, as soon as the ref kind of walked over to the monitor, so the qu- the check the check was so quick because it's so yeah. obvious. You know, it takes two seconds, watches it once, and yeah, bang, penalty. Um, I don't think they can complain. I don't think the first one was a penalty. I said it at the time. I was like, it, there wasn't much contact, and the contact there was probably was outside the box. So I don't have any issues not being given that one. But had that not been given a penalty, yeah. I think I would have been. Uh, been leading the charge at Stockley Park against the, uh, the VAR officials. But I don't, yeah, I don't think anyone can complain about that. His hand was away from his body, stopped the ball, they gained a clear advantage. And then uh, up steps lacquer. I was expecting Pepe to take it. I would have probably ta- preferred Pepe to take it, but it was, a, it was a really good pen.
1: Yeah, he really stuck it away. I mean, fair play, like you said. I think v- VAR had a good day. Um, and I'm one of the bigger critics, obviously being an Arsenal fan, thinking that there's a conspiracy against us and or that the gods are very much against us. There is. There is, there is, there is. That's another podcast for another day, but today it, it seemed, yeah, obviously, obviously. Um, yeah, so the first one, um, we're, we're pretty hot-headed in the WhatsApp group and we can get very emotional very quickly and say some pretty stupid things, but I think that was one of the ones where we were looking at it, even though it was 1-1 at the time. Actually, it might have been 1-0 at the time. We looked at it. No, it was 1-0 at the time to Leicester. And uh, that, when that first penalty was not given or given and then taken away. And actually, we were both like, yeah, that's contact outside the box. Fair play. Very frustrating. But we needed to capitalise on it. Yeah, we got the penalty um, from actually something that's really, we should point out that I'm not sure we mentioned enough. Is it What that penalty came from, other than the uh, falling over kick um, that Pepe did, where he sort of fell onto it and it hit kicked his own leg and it went into to, to his hand there was an exchange much like from uh where we lost the ball and conceded a goal uh, in the corner i can't remember who passed to willian but willian was very much in his own corner and turned out of play out of like around a player went up the midfield um and a really really good turn got the ball across to lacazette in a really promising position for a really accurate pass lacazette with like a through the laces kick like just a beautiful pass it's went all the way out to pepe anyway and it, that resulted in a penalty and i think that can't be overlooked how much influence william had in that and i think that's that's the kind of william we've wanted to see for so long so so fair play to him
0: yeah Mikhail loves the phrase transitions doesn't he and in in the transition there i thought we were mm. really what will be good in the transitions quickly
1: that that's, that's exactly exactly yeah, yeah. I thought he was in the room for a second uncanny. there. That, that was really weird. Um, <laughs> third goal. Third goal was pretty tasty, actually.
0: Yeah, again, similar. Counter, wasn't it? Um, changed the, I think we're defending a, a free kick or a corner. It was a, it was a um, set piece. Uh, managed to get the ball four quickly. Again, Pepe pretty heavily involved, doesn't he? Um, brings it into the centre to Odegaard, who um, they they mentioned it on commentary and U- I completely how quickly he could... That, sorry, Odegaard. Odegaard, uh, yeah. Odegaard. Uh, um, yeah, but how quickly he was able to um, shuffle it wide. And to be honest there, I thought we had um, we had messed it up with William, but he managed to... I think that is the easiest goal you can possibly score, as from Pepe's point of
1: view. Yeah. I yeah, don't see how um, it, it is can really get much easier. No, and and I think but one of the things that we've actually complained particularly about Willyan, but actually about other areas of when I think when Pepe's maybe not in on form or was that, you know, tough part of the season, both Pepe and William the issues that we had as fans that they weren't busting a gut to get into those areas and that's exactly what they've done now. Pepe more recently, um, Willian for the last couple of games. So uh it, they are busting a gut to get in off their wing into that six yard spot where they're going to score their goals a has been doing it for years um and it's all been going really well so I I I think fair play to them uh, for busting the guts doing it and Udegaard actually Udegaard sorry um some really quick feet Udegaard. in the middle Udegaard <laughs> stop doing that um it is <laughs> some really quick feet in the middle to put William through I was a little bit concerned he was going to be offside to be honest, but. Um, no fair play fair play and we could we could have scored a few i think there was a few good chances do you remember that thunder bastard from tierney that we nearly went top bins oh my oh god my Oh my god! it
0: was so much closer that on the replay by everyone's reaction they just turned around and jogged off and i was like oh i swear that was close but clearly it was nowhere near mm. it was just the camera angle and then they showed the reverse angle and it was Zidane-esque in the Champions League final, the way he hit that. And like, yeah, absolute thunder bastard. I swear that was like centimeters away from going top corner. <laughs> and at that point, I think Kieran Tierney could probably retire and just say I've completed football. Yeah, because it was—he's <laughs> so good.
1: I think that's one of the finishes. If I, if 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 I had if done that. I would have happily retired at that point. I think, yeah, cheers lads, I'm I'm done. Because you're not oh, gonna get better than that, yeah. but um yeah. he, he almost well, said no, it too no, well. I, I wouldn't, but
0: I think Kieran Tierney I think Kieran Tierney could. I don't know how. Yeah. But every time he plays, I'm like, okay, he's he can't get any better next game. Mm. And then he does. He's
1: seen a few of our Instagram stories before. I would just wonder if you are listening, Kieran, could you could you also be my friend? I think or, or our friend, if that's okay. <laughs> you know being we're cool yeah, obviously yeah. you know just yeah fine um get a four-way podcast going oh go. yeah guys me you bakaya and kieran. Oh, they'd love it You know, i know they'd be well into it they'd for love sure it. I'll, I'll, I'll i'll dm them don't worry about me <laughs> <laughs> um kieran will provide you with all the free tesco bags you can carry that is what i need in my life i have thought i'm often short <laughs> of tesco bags so yeah. thank you kieran yeah um the, the other chance that I did want to mention before we sort of move on um, to oh, maybe one or two points after that, but so there was a point where Pepe, again, really good work and then Cedric was kind of got in the box and he could have just booted it, but he tried to put roll his foot over the ball. Um, but it kind of just got me thinking, though, OK, this didn't necessarily work on that time, but I think a conversation point that could be really interesting I know Pepe was really good because he was doing what he's really good at. at he's driving at players, uh, a little bit of trickery and getting past them. And he had some end products. But I wonder, I always seem to think when it's him and Bellerin on the right, for one reason or another, it just doesn't seem to gel. And Cedric typically is better in the final third than, 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 than Bellerin, I think. Cedric is better than Bellerin, I think, in the final third. But um, it just seemed to me that Pepe... It gives Pepe more of a base to work on. I just don't trust Bellerin going forward as much for some reason. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that. No. Uh,
0: Pepe and Bella's definitely lack a certain rapport. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, lack, lack a bit of chemistry. So uh, I actually really like Hector Bellerin. Mm. But I think when Pepe plays, uh, he seems to play a lot better with Cedric. Um, I don't know why that is. Uh, I I didn't even think Cedric was particularly great today. I thought he was solid, but I wouldn't say any more or less than that. Um, But yeah, uh, Pepe seems to just be much better today. And I think a lot of that, I agree with you, a lot of that is due to, because Bellerin isn't, isn't playing
1: there. Yeah, and I, I don't want to be down on Bellerin because he's a great player. I don't think he has looked the same player since he's come back from that injury. And I'm really worried and I'm starting to think more and more that I don't think that Bellerin's going to come back. And I think for a good price, and I mean a good price, I'd, I'd actually let him go this summer for, for maybe a younger person. I don't I don't know. Mm. I would feel really bad about it because I really like him. And Yeah, I would feel weird about it. Um, but there's a conversation I think we May- had... Come summer, see how he's got on.
0: Uh, I agree. The only caveat to it is the the left side's so dominant, so we typically attack down the left-hand side. Uh, with Tierney there, he's such a traditional full-back, he will go forwards. and We've seen so many times before of Arsenal being just hammered on counter-attacks where both full-backs have gone forward, so the, the, the team is naturally set up where Bellerin won't go anywhere near as far forward as Tierney will, um, but will instead drop more central and play as almost like a third central midfield player, similar to Cancelo does for for Man City. Mm. He's just really, really good at it. Um, whereas it's something new for Bellerin, so he's not as established in that role. So I think Bellerin is being instructed to underlap Pepe, which when Pepe is already playing on the right-hand side and wants to naturally cut in, I think they both just, just essentially occupy the same space and then it leaves Pepe kind of on the touchline. He's always going to want to come back onto his left foot and he's either got, two people who are marking him to try and take on, or he has to roll the ball backwards to, you know, Xhaka or Party or Louise or whoever it is. So I do, I do agree with you that Bedarín is not quite as good as he was pre-injury, but I think part of that is also the role he's being asked to play. It's just a lot more, a lot different.
1: I think that's, I mean, apart from anything else, really well put. I hadn't thought of it in as much detail as that, but, um... I think that's entirely fair. Uh, I actually saw something on Twitter about Cancelo that I, I just thought I'd round up this point uh, by by saying because I thought it was very funny. They they called it uh, Cancelo culture, uh, which I thought was great. <laughs> um, yeah, you know. Uh, so so it doesn't quite work with Bedarin's name, unfortunately. Um, but Ector, uh, no, that's another criticism. Mm. Yeah, which is why I'm actually, whilst I love Udegaard, I'm very upset we didn't sign Isco on loan instead, because if you had Party and Isco in midfield, you're not losing a game. You'd have, you have a Party and <laughs> Isco in midfield, you know what I mean? I hmm.
0: Yeah, if you could just sign another player called Pint,
1: <laughs> you're away. Okay, lost, lost Pintos, lost pin there is a player called Pintos, isn't there? <laughs> Get a sign okay. up. Okay. Well, I think we're we're dragging on now because we're talking about signing somebody called Pints. I think we've stopped being um, interesting, and I think we should start moving on. But I actually did just want to speak about uh, two other things very quickly. First, Emil Smith injury, not good. That's worrying. Um, I don't think it'll be as bad as as we first thought. Which, that's coming purely from a fan who knows nothing uh but i i just always has these little niggles doesn't he and i I, I can't see him being more than a few days but you're a physio so gus please enlighten me yeah what's wrong with
0: him well i also have i also have access to no information um but we can wildly speculate and i i'm going to agree with you in the, and the main reason for that is because that is what I want to happen. Um, so, I'm hoping that, yeah, he's... To be fair, Arteta did sound quite uh, positive after the game, mm. saying it just seems, you know, a muscular issue, fairly minor. He didn't feel comfortable to continue, so we took him off. And, mm. uh, this is basically where we signed Odegaard, though, isn't it? You know... If, if he's not there who's going to go and play in that role and I think he did well when he came on so hopefully you know maybe Odegaard has to start against um who have we got up next Burnley I think yeah I think we've got
1: a week off now
0: Burnley on Saturday we've got a week off yeah it's Burnley on Saturday I yeah, think
1: that's really nice but even
0: if Odegaard has to play that game
1: yeah I think Odegaard Odegaard
0: plays that game and then uh and then uh, bring Smith Rowe back in for two Europa League games and a North London derby.
1: Yeah, that's gonna be, you really feel that's gonna be a big week. You really do. Well, look, you yeah, you heard, you heard it here from uh, the horse's mouth, fresh from the physio room. Gus has officially told us that Emil Smith Rowe will be back by uh, tomorrow. He's gonna be fine, so just don't worry about it. Um, and that's coming from a professional physio. Well, look, I was also going to talk about the Abamyang substitute and what that means for martinelli but i feel like there's quite a few questions about that that you guys have kindly sent in so uh let's leave it for that um gus who is your man of the match sergeant peppers
0: and that is not just because i don't like william um i thought william did have a really good game and but the thing that always caveated it for me is like based on his previous performances he was outstanding today when you just compare them like for like, uh, I'd say very. you know, you can't really split them. One of the two. Um, but I don't think anyone had a bad game. I think other than the, the Marie, Elneny, whoever you want to blame for the first goal, I think we defended well. Leno didn't have very much to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we dominated possession in the centre of the park and... And Lacazette held the ball up well. So yeah, yeah, it probably probably Sergeant Peppers for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. I think that's pretty much what I what I'd say as well. Uh, my man of the match was also Sergeant Peppers. Uh, crucially, not Lieutenant Peppers, who of course would have been on the left because Sergeant Peppers was on the right today. Yeah. We should actually just clarify that's what we call Pepe. Um, just because that's a nickname that we choose. It was Mark. It was Mark for reasons we won't go into because it will just take too long and it was too tenuous, Uh, much like some of our other nicknames. But Sergeant Pepper's man of the match, I think that's entirely fair. Well done you. Um, So we also do a section in a podcast called Dick of the Day where it can go tend to go a little bit rogue. Um, It can be about football, it can be about anything, but we basically choose who the Dick of the Day was. Um, um, I've got two, so I'm going to start with one if That's all right, Gus, and then I'll pass over to you and yeah. I might see. It. And then, yeah, yeah, let's hear it. Uh, well, firstly, whoever was in charge, um, whoever's in charge of like the fan noises you get, I think it's through BT Sport, I don't think it's from um, the ground. But somebody started playing the song Pretty Bubbles from West Ham, <laughs> it's just like you've got this so wrong. I mean, I don't know if somebody, particularly, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe Brendan, Bro- Brendan Rogers loves bubbles, pretty ones at that but someone started playing that and i was like I, yeah it, it blew my mind a bit so whoever that is whoever's in charge of that you are the dick of the day for me yeah nice did you
0: did you also notice before the game they have um basically a, a, like a heartbeat getting faster and faster and faster and on the big screen they like they coordinate each beat with a um another like leicester like yeah. a picture flashing up, you know, like them winning the league or Vardy scoring or whatever. And there's this whole big climatic build-up until it went really, really quick and then nothing. And then the ref looked at his watch and just looked around the stadium for, you know, <laughs> 10, 15 seconds, killing all the momentum they had build. Then blows his whistle and obviously straight away, you don't <laughs> go into the game, you go and take a knee. So I, I agree with the uh, the sound guy, but I do actually have my own dick of the day. Um, and yeah. it was um, straight after Arsenal had, Arsenal had conceded. You're obviously thinking, okay, we could we could easily give the dick of the day to you know the players we've already mentioned, but for me, <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to give it to Martin Kione, um, who quite <laughs> rightly pointed out that Arsenal, and I quote, and now we're going to have to do everything right, um, which I don't know how much Martin Kione's being paid but that that level of insight is it, it comical uh do everything <laughs> right and then later in the game he said they've just got to want it more which uh, you know you can't even really mm. argue with either of those but yeah i'm giving i'm giving my dick of the day to, to
1: kia yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, he, he does come out with some absolute gems. And um, I think there was a few times where he said some really silly things. He does. It, it strikes me as that's the kind of level of insight he would have provided on the pitch as a centre-back, which is entirely fair. I think that's the kind of stuff you would say to, you know, jeer up your team. But it doesn't quite translate when it comes to uh, being a co-commentator. Um, so, yeah, he was a bit weird. I did have one more that I want to throw into the hat. And we can either pick one or we just leave all of them as dicks of the day's. Um, which is fine, but um I don't. If you noticed and, and bless him, Harvey Barnes looks like he's got a pretty bad injury. um So I hope he gets better. But I don't know how much the Leicester have spent on their new training ground, but they clearly couldn't afford a good stretcher. It looked like a shopping trolley. There was no padding. <laughs> Did you see that? It was just like I was sitting next <laughs> to my girlfriend, and she was like, "Is that what they're normally like?" I was like, "What? No, I just didn't even realise it." And so uh, it's just this black cage that barnes bless him we've just got a really bad injury he's now got to sit on
0: <laughs> yeah it, it was it was it looked like a basket yeah like just a big laundry basket
1: mad mad well look i yeah what do you think so we've got we've got the pretty bubbles guy we've got um the, the, <laughs> the shopping trolley people oh we've got yours uh martin and um, I think we oh, Martin oh, I, I, I think we leave all three to be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah. Martin Keown actually did later in the game said that Leicester are a club who are famous for left backs, uh, uh, and I, he didn't go into any detail on that. So I don't know whether he just means they famously regularly play with a left back. Um,
1: they famously do, in fairness. Which I mean, so does everyone else, well, but you know, famously. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, all right, yeah, Leo, I think we... we just leave all three. Yeah. Um, so let's dive into the QA. So you guys have kindly sent quite a few questions. Um, Gus, do you fancy taking the first question? Yeah,
0: I've I've got one here. It's a bit of a theme actually, but I'll go with uh, the one from nikolaus Four One Six, who asks why are we why aren't we seeing Martinelli, especially the game is wrapped up.
1: Yes, he's young. Um, yeah, why are we not seeing more of Martinelli? So a good question. Now, as soon as the team sheet was announced, I said this at the beginning, that when Willian was getting what I see as Martinelli's minutes, it infuriated me, especially with Willian's recent performances. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. Martinelli played really well. Um, fine. The, the one that really annoyed me... Um, was the Abamyang substitution. And I know uh, yang has got some confidence at the moment. He's actually scored quite a few goals recently. Um, with Martinelli on the bench, 3-1 up, with 10 minutes to go in a game where we are tearing up on the break. I cannot, for the life of me, understand, with what we know, obviously Mikel knows more, why he isn't getting some game time up top there. Lacazette's had a brilliant game. He's played eighty minutes out of his skin. Great, done. Abamyang doesn't need those minutes. If anything, he could do with the rest. He's played a lot recently. Abamyang because Lacazette hasn't been in the team as much. Um, why? Why Martinelli can't come on? Who and just get in behind with the high energy he's got. Um, he could play all the way across the front line. He could cause havoc. Um, there were still a few opportunities going again. Like I said, all on the break. I I I don't get it. What What's going on there? What do you think?
0: i think that it lies somewhere between uh, arteta being a genius and treating him like pep has treated phil foden so phil foden's been at city for multiple seasons now and is only just getting regular minutes in uh, in the city team but when he does plays class so that's one end of the spectrum the other end of the spectrum is that Mikel Arteta actually hates Martinelli <laughs> and doesn't want to play him ever. So it's I reckon it's somewhere between those two points. So I've hedged my bets, admittedly. Um, I, I honestly don't know. I agree with you. I think especially in games like this where we're 3-1 up, there's, what, 10 minutes left. Leicester have offered very little. And if anything, Martinelli is probably going to do more defensively than Aubameyang. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just don't see why he's not playing. Because Arteta said uh, about um, about uh, Benfica, I think, uh, when, when he was like, they're going to sit deep. They're not going to play expansively. We're going to have to break them down. So people like Pepe and Martinelli are not suited to that. We need players who can operate in smaller spaces, which I completely understand. But when you've got a yeah. game that, you know, Leicester, would and did throw a lot of players forward, you suddenly do have these big open spaces for these players to run into. It seems ready-made for him, so I don't really know why he's not getting on in those games.
1: Yeah, it's it's really weird. I, I'm worried a bit. I think Arteta doesn't... He doesn't not give... There's a double negative there. I even confused myself. But he, he does give. <laughs> um young kids a chance. He, Emil Smith-Rowe, Udegaard to an extent, uh, and obviously Saka um, have all played a lot Udegaard. of them. Um, Udegaard. But the Saliba situation, I don't want to get into right now, but that is an example where there has been a level of segregation, obviously completely. It's obviously not as bad as that now. Martinelli has had a couple of big injuries. His And when, when Martinelli came back from his big injury... We still didn't have that Smith Rowe element in the team. In fact, I believe they came back in a very similar time. Um, so when we had Martinelli, he came back pretty much straight away. He came straight from you had one game in the under twenty threes. He was named in the squad that weekend for the under twenty threes, and then he came straight back in, played for us, and had an outstanding game. His energy, because we hadn't, we were still playing it back. We still had El Nene or Savias or whatever in Jacko in midfield without that link. So the energy that he brought was so refreshing and so different to what we had. I think maybe we got a bit overexcited about what he was bringing. Since we had Emil Smith-Rowe coming in who realised we've got this playing four at the back, you know, we can actually play through the middle situation that's really refreshing. That refreshing element is kind of, now we have to look at what's Ali bringing to the table. And I still think he brings quite a lot. But I wonder if there isn't as much end product there at the moment because he's had that second injury and maybe there is an element of the Phil Foden pep thing. I don't know. Um, maybe he's not bringing as much to the table at the moment as possible, and maybe he's challenging him. Martinelli's a guy that's racing around everywhere. He's going to put his all into everything. Maybe, maybe Arteta's just pushing him to see him that bit more. And maybe when they do unleash the beast, um, we'll see the best from him. Um, if I'm Martinelli right now, and again, not being privy to the conversations that they're part of at the moment, and knowing what Mikel is talking about, I, I would be quite annoyed. That Willian's been given all the chances that he's been given to find the form that he's now found himself in, when I still think it's quite unjustified to be to have given him it. You know, he's not really deserved that chance, and he's been given it, and given it, and given it. I suppose, and to be fair, he, he you know he's come good today and against Benfica. I thought he was pretty good, but it just it really annoys me that Martinelli's not getting any of those minutes. And I do see them as very similar, obviously positionally yeah. and everything, but I just. I feel like when I watch, like when I watch Willian, he's thirty two. He's not going to learn anything. Any mistake he makes, he's going to make, and maybe he'll get better a bit. But any mistake that I can't be as bad as the mistakes uh, um, Willian's been making, any of those mistakes that Martinelli makes, he learns for the good and he learns for the long term and he gets better. You know, that's my thoughts. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I largely agree also martin is going to increase in value yeah whereas uh william can't <laughs> but let's uh, i have got a lot of uh faith in mikhail mm. so let's see
1: me too fair enough all right well I've, I've got another question um this comes from yes please um just to keep going in line with the analysis that we're doing so uh, he says uh ass or titties um i'm gonna i'm gonna move past that one yeah it's always it's um, but uh, he did ask, and I just thought, things were on that level, do you know what I mean? I think I should ask it. Uh, but that guy did actually ask, yeah. um, a couple of questions. One of the questions that he did ask was, um, Udegaard looked chipper. How do we keep him at Arsenal long term? Could it happen? Two very different questions from one very similar man. Um, by the way, his profile mm. picture is very, very, very close, close up of him in his uh sports sunglasses. So, so hello, yes, please. Um, do you think do you, do you think we could keep Odegaard?
0: Uh I think it largely hinges on what uh, what his options are at Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. So if if he has got a genuine chance to to play regularly at Real Madrid, I think it's you know nine out of ten players are going to take that over what is likely going to be at most Europa League next season for Arsenal. Um, you know, playing in the Champions League, competing for La Liga, you know, potentially, you know, starting, being part of a new generation at Real Madrid and being told that you will play regular minutes and these are the players we're going to sign. If that, if that happens, I don't see a way that Arsenal can hang on to him. But if he... Is in a position where he's unlikely to really play again, and he might end up with another loan. Mm-hmm. And he's enjoying it here. Then I don't see why, why we couldn't be an option f- for him to go to.
1: No. Yeah, I, I mean, I largely agree with that. I think that's fair. I think if he's got an opportunity at Real Madrid, he's going to go back. How many loans How many loans has he had since being at Madrid?
0: Oh, like five. I think they said in six years he's been at Real Madrid, he's played eleven games. Mm.
1: Well, if you're you're twenty two, right? And I don't know. Mikel seems to to get players to buy in pretty well, and I I love Mikel. for that reason. I wonder if if Zidane's still at the table um, at Madrid. Then maybe he's not a fan of verdigard I don't know. I mean, I mean, maybe maybe some money on the table might do something, and. And I wouldn't say the same for Ceballos. I wouldn't be keen on on having him. And I think if we're going to invest anywhere in midfield long-term, I think putting some cash on the table in Madrid would would be quite tasty. You know, I don't think it would happen, but should Zidane stay and they sign a few big-name players, which they probably will do, I think that's the important thing to factor in. I think Odegaard can have a really good season and still go back. And Madrid will have signed three or four 40, 50, 100 million players. You know, and Udgar's not going to fit into that. Mm. Maybe I don't. I don't know. But it depends. It depends on that. I think
0: the the transfer window again is going to be weird because of COVID. True. Like every club's got way less money. Mm. Yeah, you know, Arsenal would be earning what is it? Sixty thousand times. You know, let's say fifty quid. I'm not good enough I'm at that. No, Absolutely 3
1: million millions.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kieran, Kieran, uh, <laughs> but like ev- everyone's short on cash, so I don't know how many £100 million deals there will be. But if, if we had the opportunity to sign Odegaard for a, a sensible amount of money, I'd probably take it, just because, again, he'll probably appreciate in value. Is it mm. unlikely that a 22-year-old is going to lose value in two or three seasons? So even if he he wasn't unbelievable but did a job, and we could sell him on for a similar price as we paid. I'll, I'll take that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's, that's fair. Um, okay, your your question, I think.
0: I've I've got a uh, yeah I've got a question. Um, where is it? Okay, it's Jerry underscore Taylor nine one nine. Uh, to the point, he just says top six question mark.
1: To the point, it's good. Very good question. I mean, yeah. Let's look at the table. I think it. What doesn't worry me is the points I've difference got it. I've between got everybody this. at the moment. So I've got the table up here as well now. Just yeah. On it. Um. God. Man United drew nil nil. They always do that with Chelsea. It's so boring. Anyway, um, it. What doesn't worry me is, uh, the points because we're actually only three points off it, right? Um. But what does worry me is the amount of teams that are only three or four points off it with various games in various hands. You know, it's it's Villa, it's Tottenham, it's, it's Everton, sorry, Tottenham, <laughs> uh, Everton, Liverpool, Chelsea, West Ham, Leicester, they're all there, all battling out. Wolves and Leeds are like following, although I'm not confident in those. I, I I, think we can do it, absolutely. And I think, look, we've, we've got the squad to, and I think today has really shown that, that with the depth in our squad is actually pretty good. Um, and, and there's some partnerships reforming really across the field. It's just whether or not we can keep that consistency. Something I would say is that even though we have been dropping various points uh, this year, as in 2021, not this season, we've been playing really well. And it's been every game I've really enjoyed watching us. And I think we've been really, really unlucky, particularly in the Premier League games, on quite a number of occasions. Um, so I think we've got what it takes it's just whether or not the other teams do as well, uh, which I, isn't a very committed answer. I'll give you that, and I'm sorry, but um, I don't know. What do you think?
0: Um, so I'm just looking at teams' uh, goal difference here because I think that's a really good barometer of are they over or underperforming? So, for example, mm-hmm. Everton in seventh, but their goal difference is four. So they they are scraping by games on a regular basis. Um, mm. so I don't think that's as sustainable as someone like I'm not using city as an example, but yeah. well, we're like, only seven Liverpool, like Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I'm looking at and saying, mm. like, based on that, like I, I'm not convinced, mm. you know, we'll you look at that and you okay. That means we need Villa, Tottenham, Everton, Liverpool, <laughs> all to, all to <laughs> drop points and us not to. So you'd think at least one of those teams will go on a bit of a run. Mm. I also just want to point out that Aston Villa have conceded only one goal less than us um, and have played two games fewer. So that really does probably answer the question of who should we have kept out of Martinez and uh, there you go. Leno. Leno seems to be yeah. doing better. <laughs> um, I, I don't think we'll get sick. I just don't, I think there's too many. I agree with you that the, the points difference is not an issue, but yeah. the, um, the 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 number of teams that we're, we're relying on dropping points is. Yeah. But we're way better. It's so much more enjoyable to watch at the beginning of um, of the season. And in terms of like how to improve, if we, if we cut out like these, early basic errors like today it didn't affect the result but that was we gifted them a goal you know against wolves we were 1-0 up should have been 2 or 3 up but then imploded burnley we gave a goal away uh, even in the europa league we're gifting benfica goals like if we can just make teams beat us rather than losing to them mm-hmm. if that makes sense it would you think of the number of points we pick up even if we're just beating wolves and burnley that's another four point no six points because we lost both of those games so we'd be on 43 points right now one point off chelsea in
1: in fifth it's it's mind blowing some of the suicide like football we've been playing it it does seem to be that we just get i mean i i, I wonder how much other teams think this about their own teams as well you know, I and I, I actually yeah, probably most. well, I, yeah, but I I did I did take that into consideration and a few weeks ago, and it does seem like the, the goals we're conceding are ridiculous. Some of the stuff we're doing to ourselves, Sabios so in midweek for this foul, and the, you know that free kick was a screamer, fine, but the header back today just letting him stroll through the Louise penalty, various. It's just yeah, it's it's frustrating, and if we do cut those out, it feels like we'd be doing really well um i would like to see the fine margins and actually the numbers that we might have gained should we not have done that i don't know i don't know um yeah top six will be hard but not impossible you know again not very committed answer. yeah no. well we need to don't we um okay well look let's do one last question and let's make it relatively quick so we've been speaking for ages and people probably quite bored. um pepe left or right and that's come from fresh dot b underscore. Oh, so fresh. <laughs> um in the interest of being quick, left. Uh I agree. Let's so Lieutenant Peppers. Bear. Lieutenant Peppers <laughs> or Sergeant Peppers, that's the question. It's it's Lieutenant, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Lieutenant Peppers. Because oh, part of anything yeah, 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 else. Sackers sack is, just, you know, on the right. So um okay. Well, look, let's leave it there. That's our first ever Arsenal podcast. I think uh, that was very fun. So thanks for (laughs) listening. If anybody did listen, you know, no idea. So, (laughs) Bakayo, I know you're listening. Bakayo and Kieran, don't forget, that offer still stands. We'll still be your friend. (laughs) Um, Look, we'll be posting this on various platforms. Of course, you'll know that by now because you've listened, so don't worry about that. Um, But if you can do the various things like uh, review it like it subscribe it uh that would be very 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 much appreciated um unless of course of course if you're gonna give us a one-star review i think just 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 you know exit the the app rather than reviewing it but um anyway thanks for listening well uh, we'll see you next week